Hello, this is Joseph Carlson, and this is episode 68 of Gaming with Grief, and I'm calling this episode The Things People Say, because man, I got some doozies for you guys this week, Um, but I'll do the intro first. Um, Again, this podcast, my Gaming with Grief podcast, will hit my website, www.gamingwithgrief, at Monday morning at 7 a.m., uh, go there, leave a comment, let me know what you think of the podcast, like, uh, that kind of stuff. Um, or you can go to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast over there. Uh, it's called the Gaming with Group Podcast with Joseph Carlson. It's got a, like a dark, black, smoky background. Uh, check it out. Or uh, if you want to drop me a line, you can go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. That's gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. Go there. Uh, you know, let me uh, know what you think of the show. Uh, try to be constructive. If it's negative, I'm probably just not going to read it because, you know, I don't care. Uh, yeah, so I'm calling this episode The Things People Say because there's two things that happened this week where I said some of the darndest things I've ever said and then some people I was running a campaign with uh, said some things that I have never heard before. So it might be a little bit of a repeat from last week, but um, I talked about, uh, I, I basically had to do the things I was doing last week more so I can give more an impression on what I think. Um, the first thing I'm going to talk about is D&D. Uh, got with the group, decided their roles, you know, or their, 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 their uh, classes, the races, did the character creation, um, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we actually got to sit down and do a prologue campaign, which is a character that was kind of separate from everything else. So they had little mini campaigns to kind of set up the world. I set it in Theros, which is basically ancient Greece. So all the characters were kind of moving through ancient Greece. There's uh, restricted classes in that area because it's an island all by itself. There's no elves. There's no orcs. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say no. You can add them if you want. But as it stands right now, uh, you know, there was humans, uh, satyrs or satyrs, depending on how you pronounce it. Um, and then there is the Leonin, which look like, like humanoid lions. Uh, and there's the Tritons, which just look like big sea people. Um, and it was fun to do the prologues to get everybody set up. Uh, and then we did chapter one with everybody. But I think what it was, what was kind of weird, and we were using roll 20. I don't know if this is really weird, but it definitely is something I have to adjust to if we're going to do things remotely, uh, which I talked about a little bit in the past with the Dragon Age episodes, but... You know, people would going across town or across the street to do something, and you don't want to just talk over people. So I was muting a lot of people. You can individually mute people on Roll Twenty, which is actually really handy if you don't want to send someone a text or say something like that and say, "Hey, this, um, you know, all this stuff needs to be fixed." Type whatever, or you know, or, or like fixed, or give them a message. It's easier that way to mute this person; they don't need to hear this or whatever. Uh, so th- I-, I called everybody the muties that was uh, muted to- muted together, and they were kind of having their own talk. Um, but it got a little weird uh, because you know you I was constantly apologizing as a DM of like, hey, I'm sorry, I have to mute you for a second. Let me talk to this person. Um, I'm still trying to balance that. I've been doing this for a long time, but I've kind of stepped into being a GM or DM or whatever after a very very long time away from playing. So it is kind of an adjustment. It seems like everybody kind of had a good time. Uh, but, you know, going off the title of uh, this episode, the, the, crazy, the, the things people say, uh, I had a character say probably one of the most top five crazy things uh, that I've ever heard someone say in a campaign, which was, you know, somebody was approaching them 
they were being ignored. Uh, the the player character was being ignored. Ignored an NPC approached him and kind of brushed past him. And him and another player character were trying to get the attention of this NPC. He still ignored them. And you could tell it really aggravated the player character. He said, I just want to kick him in the chest, but I don't want to attack him. Uh, which, again, let me repeat that. He said, I just want to kick him in the chest, but I don't want to attack him. Which, to me, kind of seems like an attack. And I, I couldn't stop laughing. Um, I couldn't stop just... Uh, it, it's absurd, but I get what he was saying. He was so frustrated he didn't know what to do, really. Um, I kind of threaded in the campaign uh, some seeds from Magic the Gathering. Theros is, of course, based on the Magic the Gathering card set that Wizards of the Coast also publishes. They also publish uh, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, so does their game to kind of cross-hibernate and things like that. And it was good. Um, and the only other real criticism I'm seeing is, um, you know, I want people to have good motivations and things like that, but one of the characters wanted to be really unique, and he kind of has his own agenda. So he's going along with the group because it can. he feels it can better his agenda. Usually that's not a issue. You know, people have their own motivations in games all the time to do certain things. But he is also kind of antisocial, his character. So it's kind of a strange dichotomy where I wasn't muting him when he was in the room. People are in inns talking about what they've experienced. Their prologue, obviously, with each uh, player character set up things in the world and what was going on. So uh, they were doing the stereotypical thing that you do in a game as you sit in an inn and everybody tells stories and they're kind of trying to piece everything together. Even though he had several pieces of this puzzle, he was not um, helping them, which I totally understand. You don't have to as a player character. There's things you don't have to divulge. He did a little bit. Um, but for the rest of the game, uh, he didn't, you know, he hung back a lot. He didn't speak. And I know that's kind of his character. Uh, but it, it is troubling, not troubling. It's unique when a character says, listen, I'm just going on the road with these people. I do not care about them. Um, in fact, if I can rip them off uh, while they're asleep, I want to do that. And for me, that is, uh, I don't know, maybe it's the type of person I am. That's rough to weave in because because my philosophy all the time when you're playing D&D or something cooperative is you will all have to work together. You're all working together towards a goal. Um, it doesn't mean you have to like the people you're with or get along with them, but there needs to be some kind of mutual trust and understanding. And if you don't have that in the group, that can cause major problems uh, You know, later down the line. And I could see... You know, I really want to talk to him about his motivation. I don't want to try to persuade him because I don't want to tell people no, you know. I think I only told somebody no just the race they asked initially because they said I want to be an elf. And I said, um, you know, you're not, uh, there's no elves here, uh, which could be elfish, but, you know, elfish, but uh, whatever. I don't care. Um, and it's kind of nice to kind of mix the races up. You know, yes, there's humans they are more prolific, but you don't really see satyrs in a lot of campaigns. You obviously don't see tritons, you know, the fish people. Oh, that's really cool. Um, yes, it is based in ancient Greek. I've uh, based it on... Uh, they, they basically just took all of the gods uh, in the real, quote-unquote, in our history, and just renamed them and kind of gave them some new abilities. And they kind of just threw everything in a blender and pulled out you know, the gods they wanted, which is fine. So I'm including that in the campaign. And the only other criticism I see is like when we did Dragon Age... Your character has to have a specialization when they get to level six. To me, that was great. You can have several campaigns where 
people got to know each other. You kind of laid the land out and the lore and dropped some story hints and you know, the players followed a breadcrumb trail of what was going on and you kind of built up time and we were meeting um, every two weeks, which we're doing with this group in D&D, but we met every two weeks uh, for five or six hours and uh, it was good. Um, and then by the time they got their specializations, I did a solo campaign, which I talked about before on each character. So maybe they learned something more of the story. They get even more powerful and then they come back to the group with what they've learned and they all have specialization. It's like, wow, you can do this and you can do that. And you know, it's all pretty amazing. Um, in D&D 5th edition, I understand the reason for it. It seems like most classes get their specialization at level 2 or 3, which makes sense. You want to expedite things. You want to move them up. You know, you don't want people to wait to get that really cool thing. You know, you want to show them, hey, you picked a really cool character and here's why. Here's the reasons. Hey, at level 2, you get something right away. Um, you know, and <clears throat> excuse me, with mages, it involves learning a set of skills uh, following a school of magic. They obviously give you different uh, abilities for which school you follow. Rogues have like an archetype or basically like a focus. You know, if you want to be a sneaky, sneaky, stealthy rogue, you can do that. If you want to be a pirate, swashbuckling rogue, you can do that. You know, you can be a burglar. That can be your thing to like, not only are you kind of sneaky, but you can break locks, stuff like that. All those things have to be decided on a level two or three. So here's the deal. Here's the problem I ran into. I did chapter one of the campaign. Uh, everybody seemed to have a good time. But now they're all level two and three. So it's like, okay, well, now we have to stop. Not stop. But, uh, you know, everybody's in different... Uh, m we have one player who's actually in a different time zone than everybody. Uh, not too much. Not too bad. We coordinate it, but it's good. But the idea is that we have to... Uh, you know, to coordinate all that and then stop the story progress and kind of say, okay, everybody, let's, um, you know, let's do your specialization, break away from the group. And uh, they kind of ended the campaign in a bar drinking because they a, a job was well done. So they were all very excited. Everything was going well. Um, yeah. Um, so I think that's going to be a challenge is, um, you know, Let's do this right away. Then you guys can get together. And then uh, one of the other players actually wants to run a side campaign, which I actually have no problem with because I showed him one of my characters. We use the D&D Beyond uh, app on the PC. It's on phones as well. It's free to download. Uh, so he can look at my character and kind of go over stuff. The idea was, I said, listen, I've had the idea for this character for a very long time, uh, just like Dragon Age, and so now I'm going to play him, just like Dragon Age. So he'll be in the background. Uh, he will definitely be playing your side campaigns because I'll be get to be a player and not a DM. So uh, that'll be great. Um, but I, I think that's what I'm having a problem with. Maybe as we were trying to gain momentum in the story and it kind of stopped. So I'll definitely try to weave that out. I really want to get to the bottom. Some people gave me some motivations for why they're doing what they do. And the one character who's, uh, the player character who's antisocial, I really want to focus on him. Uh, he said he's probably going to get a hold of me either day or tomorrow, do text, or maybe we talk about it. I, You know, I don't want to dissuade him. I want him to make this unique character. But, you know, I mean, when you start poisoning the people you're traveling with and wanting to kill them, that's probably not... Um, you know, I don't know. If you wish them ill will, it's not going to help your cause or your party. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm st still struggling with that. Um, I'm not saying everybody has to be lawful, neutral, or what. You know, everybody has their own goals. Uh, you know, even Magneto helped the X-Men every once in a while because he knew, like, hey, man, for the greater good, i got to do this. I don't like doing it. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's really all I have to work on is, is that. Uh, we finished Chapter 1. Uh, I have to type up some things and send them some notes. 
but we're going to meet probably in the next few days and work out everybody's uh, specialization or their um, focus. Every class calls it something different, which I hate because even in Dragon Age, it was like, you have to learn your specialization at level six. Everybody learns it. Great. I can figure that out. That's no big deal. But um, in D&D 5th edition, they call it something else. Like I said, with rogues, they call it an archetype. With uh, uh, one character's playing a paladin, they call those oaths. They take an oath. Uh, the wizards have to study at a school of magic. Like, it's really great. It's really great to balance all that. Again, I've taken a long break to try to get that in your head. But, uh, you know, uh, it's it's fun so far. I like my character. He's just, uh, the he got introduced last campaign because I knew the side campaign was coming up. So I at least wanted to introduce him to the group now. So it seems like the group uh doesn't like him which is fine uh he's just a soft-spoken guy uh there's two rough lions yelling at him uh which he's okay with apparently he's totally fine with that um hasn't really said his intentions they obviously don't trust him uh but it's great it's not any, like it's just it's just the right side of i think uh, one of the characters uh, said it best where he's just trying to be a little bit apprehensive which is i think just exactly kind of what you want for uh being apprehensive and uh you know with the group so i'm looking forward to more to come and then i'll probably just i won't do everything uh with dnd i won't every week i won't give you an update but what i'm doing right now too is i'm still working out i think we can just do a skype or a zoom call uh on in GarageBand, which is what i use to record the podcast and what we'll do is i'll bring the group on i'm hoping uh episode 69 and we'll all talk about the dragon age campaign that finished probably like two weeks ago three weeks ago and it took us a year to get done uh, so hopefully, uh, you know, uh, that everybody will be able to do that and I can figure it out and we can all sit down and talk. So that'd be really good. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's, uh, I think that's all the D and D update for now. So the other update of the thing that I was doing last week that I did very little and I did it more, uh, in the coming weeks cause we have more time. Obviously it's a three day weekend here. Uh, I didn't say it at the top of the show, but that will not affect the episode. It'll still go up Monday morning, seven o'clock. Uh, this will still be on uh, iTunes Sunday night. It'll be even be on SoundCloud late Sunday night. So I don't know about late, but you can go there and listen to the episode there. So, but the second thing I wanted to give you an update on was Fortnite. Yep, I'm doing that. I'm one of the old. I'm an old man who's playing Fortnite again. Um, I played it again, like I said last episode. I think on the I, I played it on the Switch when it was like a free download on the Switch. I didn't spend any money on it, <clears throat> and it was fun. But I killed a bunch. People knew what they're doing. I did not know what I'm doing. Um, so this time I logged in, they announced that they're the, uh, you know, season, uh, the chapter two, season four of Fortnite is Marvel themed. Uh, and by, uh, buying the battle pass at the end of each, um, at the end of each thing, you get, uh, uh, to basically unlock a new outfit, which is a hero and they have cool abilities that don't really affect gameplay. Cause obviously everybody has to, you know, it's last man standing, all that kind of stuff. It hasn't changed in the battle royale at all uh it's just that now you look like thor with a machine gun that is gunning people down which is a little weird but you get um skins to put over it to make it look like his cosmic cape uh and then every 20 levels or so you unlock a new hero the next batch of levels the five or six levels at the end of that you unlock challenges that usually unlocks a kind of specific emote so i unlocked um groot and then when I did a bunch of challenges with him at the end of it, like another four or five levels, um, I got Rocket, who is now flying behind me. Um, he doesn't shoot, 
he's a backpack item and he just floats around and he spits which is a little bit weird but um anyway he floats behind you and that's like a reward they're even unlocking wolverine and those are through mini challenges every probably three to seven days there's a new challenge that unlocks like a broken sentinel head that you hang in your back with a big claw mark on it and then eventually like midway through the season the skin of wolverine will um, be unlocked and then um after that's unlocked uh i think at the end uh if you complete a couple other challenges i think near the end of the battle pass um you unlock um his claws as a mining tool so instead of taking that mining pick like you do in normal Fortnite, you have his claws, you get out, you, you cut people, or you cut, yeah, you cut people and you cut things. I think that's pretty cool. Um, I really like in the She-Hulk skin, Jennifer Walters, I got her. Um, if you do some in-game challenges, uh, you get another skin for her, which is she's kind of got a punked out look, you know? She looks like a lawyer, um, which is cool. Um, but now she looks kind of like a punked out lawyer. I don't know. They gave her a black leather dress, all that kind of stuff. But instead of emoting into the the She-Hulk like you do in the regular game, you emote, yeah, you emote into the Red Hulk, which I thought is pretty cool. Uh, it just gives her another look. Uh, I think it's neat. It's all these little touches. And I will say, um, I'm kind of understanding like why Fortnite is making so much money. Because they got me, I think I said last week, I bought the Silver Surfer outfit, which was $20. Uh, a lot of money. It was basically, to get the outfit, it was five. But it was a set. Get it now, it'll leave the store. They have a timer up there that messes with your brain and you think, oh, I gotta do it right away. So I bought it, like, minutes, probably 20 minutes before the deal, leaving the store. And then two days later, it was back up. Hey, we brought Silver Surfer back. Do you guys want to get Silver Surfer? Oh, it looks like you already purchased this. Hey, man, well, while you're here, why don't you look at these other new outfits? We call this one the Void. And he literally looks like a black hole with a silhouette. That looks pretty cool, right? And you're like, yeah, it does look really cool. You know, right now I do have a lot of sympathy for parents well, when their kids run into the room and say, I need V-Bucks. And their parents could be like, "I'm listen, I'm working from home. Uh, you know, the world is upside down. And if you just leave me alone, I need to do this. And their kid just saying, I need V-Bucks. I need V-Bucks right now. There's a skin and it's leaving the store. Dad, mom, it's leaving the store. What do I do? And I'm not uh, accusing anybody of being a bad parent. Uh, you know, sometimes you need to finish things. You need to do stuff for yourself. You just need a minute alone. You know, you're working on something. And you say, here, take five, $5, which they wouldn't do that. They'd probably get a, a gift card because no parent would give their child a credit card. I just imagine. But the idea is that it's like, just listen, I, I just need to do this. Just, yeah, here, get some V-Bucks. Like, just leave me alone. And I, because I see all these kids with these things. And, and they do this great thing where they vault certain things. So some of the skins go into the vault. Uh, never to be seen again until they're seen again, right? So in a couple weeks later, they rotate skins. I've now looked at websites that are dedicated to kind of an outfit watch on over Fortnite, and they're cataloging the rare skins. Many of them are rewards for complete the season, like the one that I was doing, uh, the one I'm at now, the Marvel one. The ultimate reward of the season is unlocking Tony Stark, Um he taps his chest just like the Endgame movie and the Iron Man suit comes around him. So you just become Tony Stark about five or six levels before that, like at 93, and then at level 100, you tap your chest and you become Iron Man. I don't think you can fly or anything. In fact, the last match I was playing, uh, Iron Man gunned me down with a pistol, uh, which it must mean his suit is broken. So that's cool. Um, anyway, long story short, uh, yeah. Also, can I just say... Uh, there is a banana suit in the game. That's right. Your character is in a big suit that is a banana. You don't have a face. It isn't a cutout for your face to be through. 
you just turned into a big banana with this outfit. And I've been killed by the banana man. I'm going to say it's a man. It could be a woman. I don't want to be presumptuous. There's appeal there. But I've been killed by the banana precisely three times. And I cannot stop laughing when a banana guns me down. It's just so funny. I usually get in the top ten. Um, I'm not horrific like I was the first time I played. I was just really bad. I don't know if I just got the... I noticed in handheld, I tried to play it in handheld, and it is difficult because you don't see things in... Because I'm playing it on the Nintendo Switch. The screen is very small. When you're playing it handheld, you can't see people. You're like, is that a shrub? Oh, man, that shrub's shooting at me. Ah, that shrub killed me. Oh, that wasn't a shrub because you spectate who kills you, and it's great. So... Yeah, I think that's it. I'm really digging it. I, I like the challenges they have. They have a rested XP thing. The challenges could be, like one I just completed today was, hey, take a speed boat, uh, a jet boat, and just go under three different colored bridges and get 2,500 X, you know, 25,000 XP. Shoot, I'm going to do that. I want to unlock Storm. She's the next one I'm locking. And then after that is Doom, Dr. Doom, which is pretty cool. His emote is pretty amazing. I'm seeing some video online where a throne grows out of the ground and he sits on his throne and crosses a leg you know it looks pretty amazing uh the next person after that is mystique her emote is usually the last person she kills uh she turns into them so you just think it's another person you don't think it's mystique it doesn't do anything but it's kind of a unique reward uh for that and then obviously you unlock tony in a, like a jogging suit uh thing and then after that you unlock um uh him in the iron man suit so that's all pretty cool so yeah i mean i'm looking forward to playing more of it um, I did kind of realize, like, all these battle passes, man. I don't know if I could juggle them. I went back to the division for very quickly, like maybe an hour, uh, Friday night or Thursday night. And it was rough because it's uh, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. And you're like, oh, man, the season ends in. I still have to take out three of the agents and the head agent, the, the rogue agent. And you got to do the checklist where you clear a control you clear control points and you take out a bounty. And then you do a main mission that unlocks one point on the investigation thing and you got to do that four times and then that unlocks the bounty of the main person well long story short um the season ends in like i think a week a week and a few days and i think i have one of the i've eliminated one of the people that's right so i think thursday i went on and i was doing all the main missions and i was like this is ridiculous you know and i bought the battle pass uh for 10 bucks which i don't know why i did that you still get the seasonal reward for completing all the targets in the season but i noticed most of the battles pass items in the division you know i'm pretty high level i've been playing the game for a long time i think i did the math it's over 300 hours so i have what i want uh gear wise unless something magical happens uh, i don't know what else i can add but i think it's just the idea of juggling battle passes you know i paid for the fortnite thing i'm going to play that obviously all the way through because i like uh marvel and i think the iron man thing looks cool and it looks really neat um and yes i just supported epic doing that uh that's cool so i'm gonna do that and then i don't know the division uh i don't think i'm gonna buy the next battle pass again i can get the seasonal rewards of the trinket uh, just by logging and killing the targets. I think I just want less pressure. I think that's what it is. It's the idea of like, it's a gym membership thing, right? Of like, hey, I paid for this. I should probably use it. You know, it's different if it's a game if you pay $60 or whatever and you get hundreds of hours like Assassin's Creed Odyssey. You know, I'm what, 50 hours into that game and I haven't beat it yet and I'm just keep playing it and I could buy the DLC if I want or I could just, you know, uh, go around Greece and kick some butt. Uh, same with D&D. Like I bought those books for the campaign we're doing. No problems buying them. Uh, it was, you know, it was what, 70 bucks, 80 bucks. I bought a couple books. And uh, on the and, uh, we're, we've already spent, 
I don't know, 20 hours doing prologues and people's campaign and talking about characters. I mean, you're getting a lot of time and we can do another campaign. I don't know. I think maybe it's just the, the gym membership mentality of a battle pass is kind of getting me down a bit. So I just need to be a little bit maybe prudent with my time and just say, you know what? I'm not going to I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to go after this. So, yeah. I think that's it. I think that's uh, I think that's the podcast, guys. So, um just to remind you guys, this podcast uh, will hit my website, www.gamewithgrief.com, on Monday at 7 a.m. in the morning. And uh, like I said, uh, tomorrow's a holiday, but this will not affect the podcast. It'll still come up Monday morning. Uh, or you can go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. Drop me a line. Let me know what you think of the show. Um, or you can go to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast. It's the Gaming with, the Gaming with Grief podcast with Joseph Carlson. So go there, let me know what you think, like, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. I will try to be better about uh, telegraphing stuff and letting you guys know about what is going on. I, I'm really bad at like not uh, you know, promoting it in the morning, and I will definitely get better at that, and I will try to do that. So without that, you guys be safe out there, uh, be better to each other, uh, be kind, all that kind of stuff, and I will see you guys next week.